remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today we're delving into the extraordinary life of Booker T. Washington, an influential African-American educator and author, orator, and advisor to several presidents of the United States. Today marks the 107th anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the extraordinary early life of Booker T. Washington. Part 1. The Dawn of Determination, 1856-1878 to Booker Taliaferro Washington was born amidst the harsh realities of slavery in the pre-Civil War South. His mother Jane worked as a cook on the Burroughs Plantation in Halesford, Virginia, where Washington spent his early years in a dilapidated cabin that offered little shelter from the elements. His father, an unknown white man, was likely from a neighboring plantation. This absence of a paternal presence left a void in young Booker's life, which was filled only by the dreams of freedom that his mother whispered about late at night. Despite the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, it wasn't until the conclusion of the Civil War in 1865 that the family truly tasted freedom. With no possessions but hope, Jane moved her family to Malden, West Virginia to join her husband, Washington Ferguson, who had found work in the salt furnaces. It was here that Washington first adopted his stepfather's first name as his last, becoming Booker T. Washington, a name that would one day resonate in the halls of education and the corridors of power. Young Washington's thirst for knowledge was insatiable. Laboring in salt furnaces and coal mines from a tender age, he would often study by the flicker of a miner's lamp long after his shift had ended. The drive to learn propelled him to seek formal education, which was scarce and often inaccessible to African Americans. Nonetheless, Washington persisted, and at the age of 16, with the encouragement of his mother and the few others who had recognized his potential, he set off for Hampton Normal and Agricultural Institute, his first step into a world of scholarship that would ultimately lead him to become a leading educator himself. The journey to Hampton was a testament to Washington's resolve. Without funds for transportation, he traveled by foot, hitching rides when he could and working odd jobs along the way to pay for his keep. Upon arrival, he presented himself to the head teacher, General Samuel Chapman Armstrong, a leader known for his progressive views on education for freed slaves. Dirty and tired from his journey, Washington asked for a chance to attend the school. Armstrong, impressed by his determination, offered him a test, cleaning a room in the school. Washington's meticulous work earned him not only admission, but also a job as a janitor to help pay his tuition. During his time at Hampton, Washington embraced the school's philosophy of practical education. He believed that a strong work ethic combined with an education could be the key to progress for himself and for all African Americans. He was a voracious learner, excelling in his studies, and he soon became a role model for his peers. His time at Hampton was transformative, providing him with not just an education, but also a clear vision for his life's work to educate and uplift the recently emancipated people of his race. Washington graduated from Hampton in 1875 with high marks and a strong recommendation from Armstrong. After teaching at his old school in Malden and a brief stint at Hampton where he instructed Native American students, 
Washington was recommended by Armstrong to lead the new Tuskegee Normal and Industrial Institute in Alabama. Little did he know that this new chapter would lead him to become one of the most influential African-American leaders of the 19th and early 20th centuries. Part 2. The Tuskegee Visionary, 1878-1895 In June 1881, Booker T. Washington arrived in Tuskegee, Alabama, tasked with a formidable mission to establish a school for African Americans in the heart of the post-Reconstruction South. The institute he was set to lead began humbly, with Washington himself the first teacher, a small budget, and classes held in the Shanty Church. Yet, his unshakable belief in the power of education as a means for racial uplift would soon transform these modest beginnings into a beacon of hope and progress. Washington's philosophy of education was practical and encompassing. He advocated for a curriculum that balanced intellectual pursuits with vocational training, arguing that self-sufficiency was the cornerstone of empowerment for a people only a generation removed from bondage. His approach was met with some skepticism from both white benefactors and the black community, but Washington's unwavering dedication soon won over many of his detractors. Under his leadership, the Tuskegee Institute grew in both size and reputation. Washington poured his energy into the school, often engaging in fundraising tours to secure the financial stability of the institution. He sought support not just from African Americans, but also from white philanthropists navigating the complex racial politics of the time with a diplomacy that earned him both respect and criticism. Washington's efforts brought notable successes. The curriculum expanded, student enrollment soared, and the campus itself burgeoned, much of it built by the various students who studied there. The school became self-sufficient with its farms, dairies, and workshops not only providing practical training, but also sustaining the institute financially. By the mid-1890s, the Tuskegee Institute had become a symbol of African-American advancement. It was a tangible refutation of the prevailing belief that African-Americans were incapable of self-empowerment or contribution to American society. Washington's influence extended beyond the campus as he became a sought-after speaker and advisor on racial issues. Yet, Washington's approach to race relations was one of accommodation. He believed that the best way forward for African Americans was to accept segregation and disenfranchisement for the time being, and instead focusing on building economic strength and proving their worth as citizens through hard work and moral integrity. This philosophy was outlined in his famous speech at the Atlanta Exposition in 1895, later known as the Atlanta Compromise, where he posited that the opportunity to earn a dollar in a factory just now is worth infinitely more than the opportunity to spend a dollar in an opera house. While his speech won him the support of many white leaders and a proportion of the black community, it also sowed the seeds of future conflict with African-American leaders who favored a more direct challenge to racial injustices. Nonetheless, Washington's star continued to rise, and he became the most prominent black leader of his time. The so-called Wizard of Tuskegee, whose voice shaped the discourse on race in America at the turn of the century. Part 3, A National Figure in the Politics of Compromise, 1895-1915 to 1915. 
In the wake of the Atlanta Compromise, Booker T. Washington emerged as the most recognized African-American leader of his time. His message of self-help, education, and economic independence resonated with both black and white audiences, propelling him to national prominence. As he navigated the tumultuous waters of racial politics, Washington continued to expand the Tuskegee Institute, securing its place as a leading educational institution. Washington's influence extended to the highest echelons of power. He became an advisor to presidents and a broker of patronage positions for African Americans, earning him the unofficial title of the Sage of Tuskegee. His network of supporters and allies became known as the Tuskegee Machine, a testament to his ability to wield influence both publicly and behind the scenes. Despite his conciliatory approach to race relations, Washington faced criticism from African-American intellectuals like W.E.B. Du Bois, who challenged his strategy of accommodation and called for immediate civil rights and political representation. The debate between Washington's pragmatism and Du Bois' activism highlighted the deep divisions within the African-American community on how to best combat racial oppression. Washington's commitment to education as a tool for uplift was unwavering. He tirelessly funded for Tuskegee, often contributing his own speaking fees to the school's coffers. He also championed the cause of rural education, establishing extension programs and promoting agricultural advancements that benefited both black and white farmers in the South. In 1901, Washington's autobiography, Up From Slavery, was published, further solidifying his status as a leading voice for African Americans. The book was both a personal narrative and a manifesto of his educational philosophy. It received widespread acclaim, further bolstering his national and international reputation. Yet, despite his public successes, Washington's later years were marred by internal conflicts and external challenges. The rise of Jim Crow laws and the increase in racial violence underscored the limitations of his accommodationist stance. Moreover, his dominance over the African-American leadership was increasingly contested by more radical views who sought a direct confrontation with the system of segregation and disenfranchisement. Washington's health began to decline as he juggled the pressures of his work and the demands of his position. Even as his influence waned, he remained a symbol of self-made success and the value of practical education. His last years were spent ensuring the continuation of his work at the Tuskegee Institute and the promotion of his ideals. Part 4. Legacy and the Twilight of an Era 1915 to beyond. Booker T. Washington's final days were reflective of a life filled with both triumphs and trials. Despite deteriorating health, he maintained an active schedule, continuing to speak on behalf of the Tuskegee Institute and the broader mission of African American uplift. His death on November 14, 1915, was not just the passing of an individual, but the end of a defining chapter in African American leadership during the post Reconstruction era. In the immediate aftermath of his death, Washington was eulogized as a pioneer who had risen from slavery to a position of influence and respect. Educational institutions, especially those he had helped to establish or inspire, mourned the loss of a visionary who had tirelessly advocated for practical skills and self-reliance as a means to progress. The national reaction to Washington's death was significant. 
with acknowledgments coming from both black and white communities. While African Americans revered him for his unwavering dedication to education and economic empowerment, many in the white community saw him as the model of the acceptable black leader due to his emphasis on accommodation and self-help over direct political action. Despite his passing, the Tuskegee Institute continued to flourish, carrying on Washington's educational philosophy and serving as a testament to his life's work. The Institute's success and longevity stood as a living monument to his belief in the transformative power of education. In the decades following his death, however, Washington's reputation underwent a reevaluation. The civil rights movements of the mid-20th century, with their demands for full legal equality and an end to segregation, cast a critical light on his strategies of accommodation and his perceived failure to challenge the status quo of racial discrimination more directly. Scholars and activists debated Washington's legacy, with some arguing that his approach was a necessary strategy in an era of extreme racial hostility, while others contended that it was too conciliatory and ultimately harmful for the fight for civil rights. His clashes with contemporaries like W.E.B. Du Bois, who advocated for a more confrontational approach to civil rights, further complicated his legacy. Despite these debates, Washington's contributions to African-American education and the empowerment of black communities could not be denied. His methods may have been questioned, but his impact on countless individuals who passed through the halls of Tuskegee and other institutions was lasting. Washington's influence extended beyond education as he had quietly supported legal challenges to segregation and disenfranchisement revealing a more complex approach to civil rights than he publicly espoused. This aspect of his work gained greater attention as historians delved deeper into his life and private correspondences. As the civil rights movement gained momentum in the mid-20th century, the foundational work of leaders like Washington was acknowledged as part of a longer continuation of black resistance and advocacy. His life and career were seen as stepping stones that paved the way for the more direct challenge to racial inequality that would follow. Today, Booker T. Washington is remembered as a seminal figure in African American history. His emphasis on education, economic independence, and racial uplift remains influential, and his story continues to inspire debates about the strategies and visions necessary to overcome racial injustice. His death marked not just the end of a life, but the beginning of a lasting dialogue on the African-American pursuit of freedom and equality, a dialogue that continues to shape the nation's conscience. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Booker T. Washington, a pioneer in African-American education and an advocate for civil rights and self-reliance. He's also who died today, November 14th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Booker T. Washington looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you are listening and share with friends and family. Also, try to give us a like or subscribe. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.